Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi, property sourcing profiteers out there in property sourcing. Profit land, if you are sourcing property for profit, this is the podcast for you. And I'm very, very excited today. I've got a wonderful guest in the studio uh, talking to me uh, today. And I've got a wonderful guest talking to me today. Uh, and I'm very anxious to introduce him to you. So I met this young man this year, 2020. Uh, and we're only just in June now. And I, I want to share his adventure, the roller coaster ride that he's had between January and today. So, ladies and gentlemen, Team PSP, put your hands together for the wonderful David Bennett. Yay! Hi, how are you doing? Hi, Dave. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast episode. Um, <clears throat> you and I met right at the beginning yeah. of this year, didn't we? Tell, tell us yeah, so uh, we met at the Masopi January event, I think before they stopped doing them uh, for the time being. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I was... I was I was at uni um, doing civil engineering, and I loved the idea of uh, seeing buildings being built. So property is something that always sort of uh, attracted me to it. I just didn't have the skills or the knowledge to go anywhere near it. So hence why I was doing civil engineering, where it was very structured, and I could be on a building site and still get paid for it, um, whilst not doing all the works and the refurb and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I came across yeah. Rob Moore, um, and then with the way he progressive works, the the marketing hit me, uh, and it just said come down to, um, yeah, the Masopi event in Manchester, and then yeah, came across you guys and. David, I get it because I've been through that marketing as well. Yeah. I've been through multiple streams of events, so you know many, many friends listening to this will have been through that. Um, so you have a very useful appearance. We talk appearance. We've talked about this privately, right? <laughs> but actually, you you you're maybe a little bit older than you appear to be, and you've 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 been through a sort of job stroke corporate process. Um, so can you give our listeners just a, just a, a light touch um, history of where you've, where you've come before I met you in, in January, what, what your job skills, what your background is, your experience? Yeah, so I've got a bit of a varied background. So I'm, I'm 26 at the moment. Uh, I left school at 18 and set up my own landscaping company. Uh, for one reason or another, it wasn't as successful as I would have liked it to be. Uh, and I needed hip surgery uh, following a rugby accident, which meant I had to close close the business. Uh, from there, I went into accountancy for three years uh, with a uh, top five uh, accountancy company. And again, that just wasn't for me. It was very corporate, very structured in like the training, um, very like, well, it was supposed to be nine to five, but you'd often find yourself doing like eight till eight at night and not really get the rewards or the the F, like the I don't know the yeah the reward that you'd expect if it was your own business um so then I moved into private wealth um which again I, I enjoyed doing it I like the idea of growing stuff and seeing stuff develop 
but just maybe some of the the clients weren't necessarily for me or the the not being able to choose who you got to work with really like was a, it, it, yeah it started to grind on me a lot uh, because people could obviously treat you uh, not the best so to speak and then still expect a high um, quality of service which I had to do um so yeah from there i was like well what do i actually really love doing and that was seeing buildings being built like the thought of being on a building site like that gets me excited but i knew i didn't have the knowledge or the um the skill set to move into property so i moved went to university leeds university to do civil engineering oh there's there's a few uh believe it or not there's a few points that you've raised there where i mirror you know many years ago similar interests and experience to yours so i too went to university i decided at one time that i wanted to be an architect Mm -hmm. because i have and still have a great interest and love of buildings and how they put together yeah just as a layman um but you know uh, i was persuaded that uh, a law degree was more flexible gave me more flexibility Going forward, even if I didn't want to go into the law, and to yeah. be honest, I left university and never went near the law and yeah. went into business at that time. Right, so I, I kind of get it. So coming into 2019, right, maybe a year ago now, six months ago now, um, what was it you, you were looking for or you thought in your head you were looking for that led you to the multiple streams room in Manchester? I think it was just... Um the fact, yeah, the fact that I could be on a building site. So I've always joked around with my friends saying that if if I wasn't doing civil engineering or if I was back at 18, I would have trained to be a joiner just because I love making things with my hands and I've always loved doing that sort of thing. Um, and like whenever, whenever I've been out in the garden, building stuff is just what I love doing. So the fact that the Masopi offered that for like offered to teach you the stuff and give you the knowledge on how you could do that and work for yourself sort of was that was the 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 dream for me um so that that's what drew me in into it Um, and then just hearing all the different speakers on how they did it and uh where they were so they didn't necessarily or they they were in corporate life or they're in jobs that they didn't like so kevin mcdonald he was in civil engineering and didn't like it and then that really resonated with me because they were dealing with some engineers um yeah uh, they weren't maybe we didn't get on as well like it wasn't as free-flowing as i would have liked um stuff's very exact um so yeah hearing that i was just like this is definitely what i've got to do so then i had a chat with one of my family members and i was just like this is something that i've got to do and I was supported in, in the decision, which was really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, again, like many of us, David, you came to multiple streams and you made a significant investment. In yeah. your- <laughs> more more yeah, than I, mean, I care to admit. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And I'm not <laughs> asking you. Um, <clears throat> so you went down that road and you started working with us. In particular, for some reason, you seem quite happy to work with me. Right. Uh, And you now are in a position where you want to start your property business. So 
tell us about those first few weeks or days, if you can remember, because uh, I want to share with our listeners that um, this is a very impressive story in four or five months, right? So um, we're going to talk you through the story, just leapfrogging bits. But tell me how you felt, David. You, you, you've come to uh, Progressive. You've spent a few, Bob, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. um, you've got a bit of training under your belt now. You've done one or two courses. Um, and you want to implement it. How did you feel when you got up on a Monday morning after a training and you've got to go and do something with it? Yeah. Um, what, what were your doubts? What were your worries? What were your concerns? What got you through it? I think I think the biggest the biggest thing that like got me going was the fact that I was like, oh, I've spent a hell of a lot of money. Well, or to me, it was a, a, a big investment. And I just thought if I don't use or if I don't act it out, I might as well have just got the money out of the bank and just set fire to it. Because yeah. at the time, like if you like at union, so if you don't have that much cash, so unless I didn't want it to be become a waste or something I've never or you pay for the course and then you just don't do anything with it. So yeah, from I think the deal packaging course finished on Friday. By that Monday, I'd already done the actions that you said to have done. So register with all the bodies. I'm not going to go into it now because obviously... No, 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 no. Um, That's cool. But yeah, but reg- done all the registering. Point, yeah. Sorry, Dave, if I may. The important point, and this is going to resonate through your journey, right, yeah. is first of all, you're, you're a pretty smart guy. There's an innate intelligence there, right? But also your spirit of application, right? You are a doer and you're an action taker. So knowing you as I do now, I had forgotten, right, that over the weekend you dealt with all those issues, right? Yeah. I had, I'm not surprised at all, knowing you as I do now, that you did that all over the weekend. So you've done those things. What are you looking to do now? I think I just, I jumped on the, um, the, the rent to rent side of things because I think I'd seen uh, Camilla doing rent to rent deals and corporate lets and speaking to other deal packages. It was just sort of like an immediate uh, income type of thing. Um, yeah. It's quick, isn't it? In the- yeah. You don't have to wait for the conveyancing process, mortgage offers, that sort of thing. you just got to develop relationships with letting agents largely and estate agents maybe. Exactly, right? which is why I think it, it complements like the no money down stuff and the deal packaging course. They mesh up so well because you've got to be in there for deals anyway into an estate agent. So why not yeah. see the lettings team at the same time? But yeah, yeah. I can, I can remember... On that Monday, I was messaging people on Gumtree, just ask, like saying to landlords, oh, do you do corporate lets? And I can remember at the time, or knowing what I know now, I would not have mentioned, do you do corporate lets? Because it's just not, it's not the way to go. Um, <laughs> so then I jumped in the, the mastermind deal packaging and sort of asked for some guidance. I can remember messaging you actually saying, what do I do here? Because I keep a message like 10 me back down um so yeah then then i just carried on going um that's really important the fact that you carry on going i mean that so many friends come to property i'm not really talking about deal packaging now i'm talking about property full stop 
and they get a couple of rebuttals, a couple of pushaways, and it breaks them. It breaks their spirit. Oh, this doesn't work, you know. Yeah. I, I actually had a lady, <coughs> excuse me, who said to me she couldn't find a deal. And I said, how many houses have you viewed in the days when we could view houses? And she said, I viewed three. Yeah. That, exactly. It's not going to work. But you're made of sterner stuff, aren't you? And, and this is a recurring thing that I want to come back to. So um, tell us about a couple of your adventures. What have you learned? You're, um, you're quite, an, quite a big profile, given somebody's only four months in uh, on social media, right? Um, you are very well known to letting agents and estate agents in and around where you operate. It might, okay. it might be for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. Depends on okay. if, if they like being so, bothered so, by me as much. <laughs> right. So, so share with everyone, you know, how you how you mentally got to the position where you did what you did. Okay, what um, was in the drug, and what did you actually do? So I think the the bit that you're talking about is the the 50 day or 50 call a day challenge that I did. Yeah. So right. yeah, I um, I met someone at the I think it might be in social media marketing day that Progressive ran. Um, you know, one of their free days. And I met a, a, another impressive young young guy there um, who specialised in rent to rent. Um, and he basically we were just talking about how he got some of his deals. And one of the biggest things that hit me from there, it, it's basically what you said. It's just activity all the time and just being relentless. So I can remember his mentor set him a challenge of saying, um, you've got to do 50 calls in a day uh, just to get the numbers through that'll say yes. So I basically just made a list that day and just went, right, Monday morning, here's 50 calls, just get them done and see when, what, what comes out of it. Um, and yeah, I can't, I can't. So what, so what, what came out of it, Dave? How did, how, you know, 50, what do you mean by a call? So you, you've got a list of 50 phone numbers. How many, how many actually answered the phone? How about that for a start? And then what sort of conversations did it, did it lead to? Um, so I think off the top of my head, 18 said, yes. Um, there is a post about this in um, Progressive Community, and I'll share it on my my personal page as well. Um, cool. The the exact stats, but yeah, I think eighteen said yes um, on the day. Well, I was in double numbers for the amount that just said no, uh, which was a bit a bit brutal. Um, and I can remember the first, I think eight I made, so all said no. So by that point, I was thinking, oh, oh dear, what am I saying wrong? And how many do I have to call to actually get a yes? And then, and then once you get one yes, so I think a ninth or tenth, I got a yes. And then that sort of gave me the, the buzz to keep going. And I think that's yeah, often... That's, that, that, if I may, that, that is so interesting, what you just said. right? Because how many people, and I know because I try and coach and help people, right, how many people would not have got to the fifth call or the sixth call or the eighth call without giving up, right? Yeah. But you had to go to the tenth call and your reaction was not, oh, this doesn't work, I'm giving up. Your reaction was, and you actually said it out loud a few seconds ago, what am I saying wrong? Yeah. Right? And you're adjusting your going forward. So this is really important stuff, David, because yeah. 
you did it and you know it, but it kind of comes natural to you, okay, yeah. for whatever reason, probably within your spirit, right? Plus your education, where whoever's taught you in other fields has, has instilled this in you. Um, a lot of people haven't got this. So it's important to share it out loud to, to people who are listening. So you're 10 calls in and you've got one, one that says, yes, maybe, whatever. Right? Yeah. Did it get easier from then? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, the, the no's don't get easier. Um, yeah. But, yeah, when you get a yes, it's a lot It's a lot nicer. And it does, I think it gets to a point where you just become okay with being told no, um, which, is, which is really interesting because, like, I didn't, I never thought I'd be at the process where if someone went no, um, I, I thought I'd take that really personally. But, yeah, I think... Once you get told no, it's not that they're saying no to you as an individual. It's no to the service or the product that you're offering. And then once you can sort of remove yourself from that, you can just take more no's. And so when the yeses come, you're like, oh, brilliant. So it's more about how you communicate what service and what product you're offering and ultimately what's in it for them. Because like you, like you say on the course, you've all, they're busy people. They want to know um, what's in it for them, like everybody does. They want to, whether it's steel packaging, rent, rent. They want to sell stuff and they want to make money, which like who doesn't? And they want an easy life. So if you can somehow understand their pain and then solve it, then yeah, you're onto a winner. <laughs> I think. Yeah, well, absolutely. <clears throat> and I remember, you know, as a younger man, I did a lot of cold calling, right, in a former life. Uh, and I remember my stats, you know, it, I had to make 18 calls, and this was, these weren't property calls. I had to make 18 calls to get an appointment. Yeah. And if I got three appointments, I would get one piece of business. Yeah. And one piece of business would be worth between 500 and 5,000 pounds, depending on what it was. Nice. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that was back in my dark days selling life insurance and pensions, right? Yeah. Um, so um, 18 calls, you know, 54 would earn me a thousand pounds, say. Yeah. That's the truth of it. Yeah. Okay. So it's, you've got to get to that mental state in your head where you can pick up the phone and, you know, go through those numbers. Yeah. Well, it's about what you say. Tell me what you say. Uh, you don't have to tell me the exact words. But tell me the difference in your approach now when making one of those phone calls to when you first started. Presumably, you're more confident and that would exude through the person the other end would hear that. Yeah, so I think another, I think another thing that's worth noting is before these calls were even made and after the deal packaging course, you said, understand your area so that week and this is where one of the, my deals came from that i'm working on now i went into 30 agents and asked them to and i took maps in and to circle everything so it's not like it's not like i'd not spoken to agents before i'd, I'd been in spoke to 30 agents 30 people and it's nerve-wracking when you go in and then all the heads up are on you I, I can remember walking out of one wearing a shirt and thank God I was wearing a coat because I was like dripping wet with sweat underneath because I was just so nervous. Really? Um, yeah. It was not a pretty sight. I had to wind the windows down to try and dry off a bit. 
okay, so in the car driving to the next one. Why did that one in particular make you nervous? Oh, I think, I think you, for me, I always struggle with self doubt. So, um, I think when you go in there and you're not, I don't like if I don't if I don't not understand something, it makes me nervous. And then if I, I don't fully understand, I worry that I can't communicate it well. But then yeah. I was trying to remember everything that we're taught on the course saying like, this is what I'm doing. And I think it's, it's nerve wracking when you've got other people listening to you because ultimately they know if you're being not genuine or so I was worried that I wasn't coming across genuine, but then you've got to be yourself and say like I think on one of them I just went look I'm new I'm new to this area I don't which was true like I don't know or I didn't know when I first started Leeds that well like I've lived here all my life but now I know it a lot more that I've spoken to agents on where I'd want to buy a house but to start off with you can go in and even if anyone that's listening to this deal packaging wise you can live in a city and not know it but then go in and just be honest that you don't know it just say I've, I've lived here what areas would you buy in if someone had a chunk of cash and they're more than happy to help you out in that they're not like oh well you don't know what you're doing type of thing i think they appreciate the honesty because a lot of them when i went into and i can remember one um like like i'm there right now she's went i said oh hi i'm my name's Dave. I'm looking to buy properties in this area on behalf of some investors. And she went, give me your pack. That's the, that's the only thing she said to me, give me your pack and leave. And I was like, Oh Christ, what's going on here? Like she just doesn't, maybe I've caught them on or off there. And I went, what do you mean by a pack? So I think going in and being like some, another deal sourcer, you'd gone in, given them information, acting like they knew everything and they just didn't appreciate it at all. Um, so when you go in and just say, look, full, full disclosure, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I don't know this area. I really want to work with you and get your help and see what we can do together. I think they massively appreciate that on some level. I think some do, some don't. I'm not saying that applies for everyone, but I know being like going in and being yourself rather than acting like you've been on one course and you're, you're the, yeah, you're the man type of thing for investment. Yeah, I think that's really important, really, really important. And it's, again, it it comes back to who you are, that you've listened to not only me, but other trainers you've sat in front of who've been there, done it, right? Um, And you've applied what you've heard, right? So you've actually gone and worked it. Uh, and it sounds obvious that you know if you treat an estate agent as a human being, they're going to respond as a human being, right? Yeah. Uh, but people don't, you know. People, you know, um, they take on um, a personality that you don't see in any other circumstances. When yeah. I suppose it's because they feel a bit under pressure and they're trying to get a deal. And of course, when you walk into an estate agent for the first time, letting agent for the first time, you, the, the purpose is not to get a deal. Yeah. The purpose is to build your relationship with the yeah. important person in the office, right? Um, so you, so, but you actually went and did this. So 50, 50 phone calls a day. How many days did you keep that up for? Uh, a week. Wow. And then you run out of people to call. <laughs> I know. I get it. Uh, or you've got to expand the geography hugely. Yeah. Um, Although I did work, I'm going to give a shout out to Martin Burt down in Kent, who's nowhere near you. Yeah. 
and he rang uh, 200, so not in your league, right, 200 phone calls um, a week to estate agents, right? And by a phone call, he defined a phone call as pick, making, ringing it and getting somebody to answer and having a conversation, right? Yeah. So he may well have picked the phone up and dialed. Yeah. Not uh, anymore, right? Yeah. But 200 a week. I said to him, why? Why do you do it? Because uh, the physical process of picking up and dialing 200 numbers is something we could all do, yeah. right? But mentally, to have the discipline to do that every week. Like, yeah. So he's ringing, the, he's ringing the same numbers, Dave. Yeah. Okay? He's working the agents. And I said, why do you do it? And he said, it's because it earned me 250 grand last year. Yeah. I mean, if if someone said you could make that much cash from picking up, making a simple phone call repeatedly, mm. and I think if people knew it was the promise of, like, or they knew they would do it, they'd do it. I think it's to a certain extent that unknown. And I think when you talk about mentality, the I get it all the time. Like, there's some days where I just don't want to pick up the phone because I'm worried that someone's going to say, "No, go away." But yeah, I've, I've, I've never had that. Like, I won't. No, actually, that's like I had that once where someone was rude to me, and that was more of a direct vendor. So when people say, "I'm worried that this stage is going to be rude to me on the phone," they can't. They can't be rude to you. They can say, "Look, we're not interested," but I think that's the worst it's going to get. The, what I fear more is the direct vendor stuff because they can be a bit more rude because they're not in an office yeah. environment where they have to like watch what they say. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, the mentality thing is, I think for me, it was just fear of rejection. But again, like once you strip that out, you're fine. Like, or I was fine with that. Just saying it's not me. It's the service and product that they're offering because they don't know you. Um, they've like, you've just met them on a phone call. And I think that's another thing that people might jump into quick is going in for the sale too quick. Like you said, you go in, when you go in for a face-to-face -face meet, you're not going in there to get them to buy off you or sell to you straight away. They just want to suss you out and you need to suss out if you're a right fit for each other. Like, can we actually work together? Because yeah. if you can't work together, there's no point them trying to sell you the best deals if if you're not compatible. Yeah, I oh, so many truths. So many truths here, David, right? Um, so we've gone from week one, right? Yeah. But things have moved on a bit. Uh, since then so tell us a little bit about your favorite cul-de-sacs where you got stuck and swerved right and then what you swerved into and you've got deals going through i want to make it clear um ha has one actually gone over the line or are we at that point where we're Offer, offers offers accepted were in the conveyance in for 11 at the minute pipeline. so it's all pipeline absolutely yeah. yeah um i think that's the biggest thing make sure you fill your pipeline up in case stuff falls out thankfully nothing's fallen out yet and i don't want to jinx cool. it cool no and i'm not going to and then we have to talk about covid because <laughs> yeah well you know talk about lucky right i mean so you made this massive change life change uh there was a little bit of pressure but i know you got support at home, but it was also a bit of pressure at home from others who, who yeah. weren't favourable. Um, and then you move forward and you're on it, and then suddenly COVID—it's like the, the you know the shutters slamming down on this. How did you deal with that? So let's talk about what didn't work, what you found did work, or what didn't work quickly enough. Because I don't think anything you've done 
doesn't work, right? Yeah. But you, you want to get some cash in the till, right? So yeah. what did work? And then COVID, how did you deal with that? Because what a disaster for you for that to come down. Well, yeah, like taking a year off uni to be like, oh, I'm going to set up a property business and then finding out everywhere started shut because of COVID. You can't actually work on the business. So or you can't do the face to face stuff. So you can still do the online stuff. So like, like we, like you said, the calls, you could still pick up the phone and make the calls like lettings agents were still open. And to a certain extent, um, I know people have been saying COVID's like, a bad thing for business but actually for for me it's actually been quite good and i don't like saying that because i obviously i don't want to appear to be profiting or out of or something that is horrendous but like you can every, everyone else like pulled out so they stopped work that everyone just down tools and like, everyone's like oh what are you doing and then um yeah picking picking up the phone to still keep calling those agents saying look i know this is coming um, I'm just checking in with you. I'm still active in the market. If anything falls through, can you just let me know and see if we can like work together on it or just send me it over. I'll analyze it. If you could tell me the, the rough inside of what it's like and maybe send me a video of it, that'd be fantastic. Just so I've got an idea of it. Obviously I didn't know the, the ins and outs, for example, looking at the, the boiler and all of that, but it was just to get a rough feel of how much work would need doing. And then you can still price things up and put it in the pipeline for further along when you can get to it. Um, and then, oh, wow. so did, did you get did you get agents responding to that? So we know a lot of stuff fell through, or at least was put on hold. Yeah. Right. Um, did you get a response to those sort of requests? People sending you stuff that got stuck. Yeah. So the. The eleven properties that we're doing now, that that it's was it, that seven. that was emailed during COVID. Like right. so in the week where I did thirty estate agency visits, I can remember on the Friday it was absolutely chucking it down. It was getting dark, it was cold. I think some of them had the last couple on that Friday when I was tired, they just weren't going my way. Is in they just didn't act like they, they just didn't seem interested in, in having a conversation at all, which I get. It's a Friday. It's the end of the week. They just want to go home. And there's someone that yeah. in there till five o'clock uh, yeah. saying, do you have any deals? And fortunately one of them did. And it was on the letting side. Um, and then I went, Oh, look, I'd love to love to talk to you a bit more about this. And then obviously Kate COVID came. Um, and everything just stopped. So I was booked in to do a load of viewings on them. At the time, there was a bit of an issue because they weren't being openly advertised. Uh, so they weren't being advertised in your shop window. It was a, a landlord that wanted to sell up. Um, and he had tenants in situ. So we, there was an issue around viewing the properties um, anyway. So when COVID's come, it's just like made that like stretched out. But thankfully, yeah. we're, we're, we've done all like we're halfway through the viewings on them. Um, so, yeah, so that, 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 uh, all that analysis and stuff was done during COVID because you don't need to be in there for it. Okay, so let's, let's spell out for our listeners. So this has happened. And, you know, as COVID came down, you've got an opportunity with 11 um, 
landlord-based properties, yeah? Yeah. Is that, is that yeah. what you're saying? Okay. Um, so you looked at the numbers. Yeah. And what do you think? Are there, are there opportunities here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so okay. um, obviously I'm quite new to it. So you sort of like, – I know we get told, like, your net worth, your net worth um, probably a lot. So yeah. I reached out to someone within the community who's – Done, does this day in day out and said look okay so I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you there and this is good right yeah. so you've got 11 properties potentially right yeah. the numbers look good are you thinking your your thought process is I've got something to sell who am I going to sell it to <laughs> yeah I was literally oh, oh crap well my yeah, yeah my, my my first initial thing was oh dear uh, I don't think you're allowed to. <laughs> oh, this is like, terrible. I've got these properties. Well, no, it was it was genuine. It wasn't a thing of oh, this is bad because it's eleven. It was genuine. Like oh dear, I'm I feel out of my depth here because okay. refurb wise, was I 100 percent confident on every refurb that I done? Probably no. So then there was, am I analysing these right? And then another bit was. Well, I don't have an investor bank that will yeah. take all of these because 11 properties, the, the, the entire amount comes to 850K, yeah. which is a sizable sum for someone to be buying in, in cash. Yeah. Um, so is that... So how did, you, how did you take that on then? How are we going to... So, so let's assume you gave your best efforts. And you can't do better than that with regard to refurb costs and analysis generally, yeah. right? Right. You've got something to sell. What was the process of finding, without naming names, um, finding someone to buy them? Because I remember you um, shouting at Facebook a lot at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I've been trying to always document whatever I've been doing on, on Facebook, which I've been doing less recently, but for other reasons. Um, yeah. But, yeah, just being consistent with Facebook, just showing, like, oh, I've got, like this is what I'm doing, this is what I found, all of that, people start coming to you on it or they start messaging and you've got to go. Okay, I have to pause you there. I have to. You just said if you do, if you market yourself on Facebook, people start coming to you, quote, unquote, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what we teach and nobody yeah. believes us, but you just said that with volition in your life, your experience, that's what you found. Well, yeah, like, I don't, yeah, not, I hope it doesn't come across in any way. It's more to prove that it can be done is that we're not looking to take on any more investors that we source for. We want to do more, more loan deals or JV work because one, we've, we've got a problem of finding too many deals. Like we, we haven't got enough deals that would meet our like investors criteria on what we think would qualify as a good deal for them. Yeah. but we also I've got an ambition of where we want to go as well and that's building a large portfolio for ourselves which means we've got to do yes. a lot of a lot of sourcing deals just to build up that pot so we'd rather take all the training and, and roll with investors that want to work with work with me and work with us if I may right because it's so important to people listening right so we are in the property business. We're not in the deal packaging business or the rent-to-rent -rent business. These are strategies within the overall concept of property. Yeah. And when you've been doing it a long time, David, and even in the short time you've been doing it, I think you've found this, 
whether you are pigeonholed as a deal packager or a service accommodation provider or a rent-to-rent guy or a commercial actually we're all in the same place Um, and it's just about emphasis of particular strategies that meet our character and our financial needs right yeah so yeah deal packaging and I've seen it so many times we've actually gone through people have gone through the process and actually done it and applied it leads to you be you're working with investors you becoming friends with investors because you're making money together so it's easy to become friends and then they want a joint venture with you yeah. to build your own portfolio as a as a result of that right yeah and you got there in about four months which is just so cool right? yeah so, so we, cool. we don't have anyone that wants to loan us money yet i'm working on it and we're working on it just through different uh, different techniques on marketing ourselves but yeah we've definitely got more investors that we need to package to than we well you are very credible david and you know as a result of this podcast episode you may well get other people come yeah, um, more than more than welcome <laughs> yeah, absolutely so what are they looking for can they find you as david bennett or are you uh, off piece yeah, so um, our like sourcing company is Off Piste Property Group, uh, yeah. and we've got a website, and we've got um, we're on we're on Instagram and, and Facebook. But also, if you want to uh, find me on as like the a local sourcer or deal packager, or just me as a property guy, like you said, market yourself as a, a property person. So that's David Bennett Property on Instagram. Cool. cool. Um, Okay, I'm on so, Facebook as well, Dave Bennett. <laughs> yeah, you keep, you keep, you keep um, the advert. Okay, when you finish the advert, right. Oh, I'm done, I'm done now. <laughs> cool. Um, 850 grand worth of stuff. Yeah. You reached out to someone in the community you'd met through your many and varied networking adventures because you yeah. threw yourself into this, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think for, well, the guy that, that might be listening or might not be, I actually asked him the question, like, what did you see about me that made you want to ultimately have the initial com- the initial Zoom call with me? Because I think it's really important that people, some people, if they don't see the instant gratification on the likes or anything, they assume people aren't watching. But they are watching and you need to operate or assume that they are watching all the time. So just the activity of showing up every day, he said, well, I saw you were active. And then we, he knew me from another um, networking event as well, where in a group of people, I actually put my hand up and went, I'm, I'm willing to give it a go. So he met me from there. Then we initially got talking about that network and then we brought it back to property, which was cool. And he's the one that's got an interest in this, 11 property portfolio is that right yeah so he's the one buying it all okay i didn't want to put it as crudely as that but oh, basically yeah. it's you know we're 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 there cool yeah. david this is this is brilliant this is inspirational this is leadership from you this is building your brand anyone that's listened to you for the last 30 40 minutes we've been talking um gets who you are right and uh it's been a delight for me to work with you because you've no idea. You know, sometimes you have to motivate the motivator. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, 
the fact that you've grasped everything and run with it and actually getting the result, and you know, we haven't got the cash in the bank yet, but no. fingers crossed, right? Who knows? Um, but if it's not this one, it'd be the next one, Dave, right? Yeah. And to do it within COVID as well. I mean, to be honest, if someone told you in January what the downsides were going to be going forward, you probably wouldn't have done it, right? What you no, did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's been an absolute privilege and delight because um, we've spoken on the phone quite a bit and, and you've included me and, and I'm grateful, right? Um, as part of your power team to... to, to you know, just run stuff by, and that's totally cool. Um, someone who's listening to this, who's where you were before Christmas, right? And it's yeah. only four, five, six months ago now. What advice would you give them if they think they've come to the end of the road with their job, they want to make a change in their life, they're thinking about property, is this a good time to get into property? Just say it how you think, Dave. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think it's I think it's a great time to enter at the minute. I think wow. the the thing that I'm seeing at the moment is like everyone keeps talking about the the crash, but I'm not getting that impression from estate agents yet. But you definitely know it's coming because when you say, "Well, are you expecting price drops?" So the demand there from first time buyers, investors, things like that is still there. I think from COVID, it's been locked up, so stuff's still flying off the shelf. But there are like signs that it is slowing down slightly. I think for there are, um, and that's what agents are telling me. So if you are thinking about doing property, now is a great time to get involved because it's sort of like the drops coming. If you know the training, estate agents will want to have that conversation. Ultimately, they need to prep themselves for whatever's coming as well. Like they want to make sales. People are going to be pulling out and playing it safe with the cash. So if you can go in there and say, look, well, we're actively buying and we're hungry for stuff, they'll start approaching you. It's like the the, um, estate agent that we're working with now on the 11, the other sister estate agents, we just asked for an introduction and they've made that introduction. So they're they're sending us stuff now. So it's like once you get one out of the way, which you could do in the current climate and where it's going, I, I definitely think one's achievable for anyone. I think it's just about the the work ethic and the activity that they're willing to do. Like ultimately, I haven't done anything that nobody else has done before. Like I modelled myself on other people, like Laura Muse. Like any advice that you've given me, yeah, I've done it. Mentioned me. absolutely. Like, it, and when you hear Kevin talk, um, it's just all about activity. So if you are going to do it, make sure you are active. But ultimately, you don't need to leave your job to do it. Like I made a drastic decision, uh, which I probably wouldn't recommend any like, sane person to do. You can do it in your spare time. Like I know people, successful packages that are doing it whilst they're at work. So like slowly yeah. grading. And yeah. the same for like the rent-to-rent stuff. They're doing it whilst yeah. they're managing a job. So I don't, I think the first step is take a start, invest in yourself and make sure if you are going to make that investment that you follow up on it definitely that's the key so um let me let me just clarify for everyone listening because people could be listening in six months nine months time right so you know we're saying it's great at this time uh we're talking in june 2020 yeah um the, the thing that you haven't touched on i think is really really relevant is I've got two or three cash investors in my deal packaging business yeah. desperate to get their money out of the bank, 
Oh, desperate. yeah, 100%. Um, we talk about negative interest rates, but they're more concerned about the security of their money. Over 85 grand, it's not covered, right? Yeah. And they're shuffling around opening bank accounts, trying to keep everything below 85 grand. That's going to become more and more acute, I believe, over the next 6, 12, 18 months. So it's a great time to get into property. Um, I, I think there is going to be a drop, and I've covered this in other episodes, what I believe is going to happen. But for deal packages, leaving aside all the misery and pain and heartache that this terrible virus has caused, right, People are going to want to buy houses. That's the truth of it, right? Oh, yeah. And, and, and I think it's down to us to help them. 100%. David, time has flown. I don't know if you're aware, but it, oh, yeah. your story is fascinating. Um, you are a very smart, very high, uh, hardworking, um, and very credible young man. If there's any investors out there who want to work in and around, am I allowed to say in around the Leeds area? Yeah, um, please. Yeah, um, you should check in with David. Uh, you should check in with off-peast, off, uh, with an E, property group. Uh, make sure you talk to him if you're going to invest in that part of the world. David, thank you so much no, for your thanks, contribution. Thanks for having me on. I, well, I I think we you know our relationship has moved, if I may, yeah. from teacher pupil, mentor, mentee. I you know I think we're now sort of pals as yeah. well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, given the age group, uh, I'm going to keep watching your journey. Maybe you know in a little while when things move on, you'll come and share the next bit with us. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it'd be fantastic. I think before before we go off, I just remembered something about deal packaging Please. and. and and I think quite a few people worry that because of the conveyancing process and everything from offer to view, or viewing to, and it takes a long time and it means that they can't um, get like that much cash in. But ultimately you, you use the same skill set that you learn as a deal packager to talk to the lettings team and then that complements your rent to rent. So like, yeah, we haven't done the deal on the 11 yet, but we've still got money coming in because we've used the knowledge and the skill set of talking to agents and not running the numbers to be able to get money in for like tenant fees and things like that and sort of build up into that space. And it just by doing that, you get more of a monthly cash flow and then it complements. So if you're thinking about a 70, 20, 10, definitely think about 70 deal packaging, 20 lettings and then 10, whatever else, because they complement each other so well and you can live on it and do all like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a decent. So you, what you're saying is you've plugged the gap yeah. uh, to the first fee by getting fees for actually acting as a quasi letting agent. Yeah. So we've, we've actually set up a lettings agent because the on the 11 oh. as part of the deal, we get the management afterwards. Um, okay. So we needed cool. to so set up. Here's what, here's what, David, here's what I'm going to do with your permission. Right? Yeah. We need to hear about this, okay? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to invite you back again. Right? Okay. Uh, um, again, this is going to be quite a long section yeah. all on its own, right? Yeah. So let's do this again in the short to medium term and then share that wisdom because it is wisdom and you yeah. thought about it. I can't take credit for this. You actually built this model yourself. How you can fund your life 
while you're positioning yourself and building your property business. Is that okay? Can yeah. That in- yeah, sounds right. People out there in property sourcing land, thank you so much for joining us today. Go to Yorkshire. Even if you weren't going to Yorkshire, go to Yorkshire. Talk to David Bennett. He's smart. He's active. He's honourable. I would let my mum deal with David Bennett. Uh, Dave, thank you so much. Uh, I'll talk to you very soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. See ya. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.